It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and joining me today, I have two very special guests. First, host of Texans 360, Extra Points, Dear Drew, Texans Buzz, you name it, he's hosting it, Drew Doherty. And we've got our, what is your official title? Senior Director of Digital Media, Media Eric San Inocencio, who basically runs HoustonTexans.com. You oversee social media. You meet with pretty much everybody in the building, I think. Captains of industry. Captains of industry. You do <laughs> like you, you, you give you travel and give presentations. I do. You're like a perfect business person. Like when I worked in the business sector, you were like the perfect person because you did like a lot of things that sounded important, but like nobody really <laughs> knew like what you were going to be presenting or doing. And I'm not saying that you don't do anything. I'm just saying that, you know, you go to a lot of meetings. I do go to a lot of meetings, but um no, this this space is constantly evolving, like you guys know, and so we try to stay on top of it for sure. I wanted to have you guys both on because, as we all know, it's the 2018 NFL Draft this weekend. It's a very weird draft because the Texans don't have a first-round or second-round pick. It's also weird because Drew Doherty is here, and Drew, since I've been working here, you have actually never been here at the stadium during the first-round pick. You're, I know. You're it's usually at the side of the draft. first time since 2013 that I've been in Houston for the draft in 14 – because we had the first overall pick, went to New York with uh, my brosif, Jay McDevitt, who runs the show TV-wise uh, and all that. And so we went up and covered the draft, Radio City Music Hall. Texans took Clowney, followed him around. We did stuff the day before, interviewed a lot of prospects. And it's we, we, when we were there, we, were, we realized very quickly, even if we don't have the first overall pick, it's asinine not to be at the draft when you have a first round pick. So that was your first experience mm-hmm. attending a draft, and then Loved we had the it, number yeah. one. And that's the last time the draft was held at Radio City It Music was. Hall. Yeah, it was the last time it's been in New York because 15, 16, it was in Chicago, and then last year it was in Philadelphia. And I think I, I was talking about this with John Harris the other day. I think it's in the next 10 years we're going to see the draft be one night in one city, then the second day in another city, and the third day – in a third city, maybe like an Omaha or an Austin. That really? Not necessarily, I bet you, because you can expose it to more people that way. Okay. I think what'll be interesting too is when the Rams facility opens in L.A. Like they've built in space for a you know amphitheater for the NFL and NFL media is going to be there. So you're right. Like I think they're going to have a home base, but they're going to want to spread sure. it out like they do now. There are some finalists for the 2019 and 2020 drafts: Cleveland, Canton. I guess that's one location. Kansas. That, I think that'd be nice, historically speaking, to have the – you got your, your young, you know, right where the, the greats of the NFL reside, KC, Tennessee, Denver, and then Las Vegas. Las sure. Vegas is supposed to open up in 2020 right. there, the, the Raider Stadium. And I saw the site. It's just basically land. So they really have to get moving on that. <laughs> uh, that but something tells me There's they'll be not, okay. Nothing, yeah. Nothing's really started. There's a big empty space where that's supposed to be, but, but that would be really cool to have the draft. Bottom line is the draft is going to move around. I mean, this year it's going to be the biggest because it's Dallas, Dallas, but it's going to move around. It'll be here in Houston someday. This uh, would have been such an it. easy trip for you this year, too. You could have grown yeah. up. Usually it's it's a big hassle, right, getting back the next day because you got to fly from wherever, and then you got to be here yeah. the next day because usually the draft pick is here. Mm-hmm. Like I could have could have saved us some money. Just could have driven up. Like my <laughs> my big sister Kara, who lives in Fort Worth, texted me this morning and said, "Are you coming up for the draft?" And I was like, "No, uh, we don't have any picks." So she's a Texans fan. She should have known that. She should have known that. Because, yeah. but you know what? Maybe we have not talked about the lack of picks because we're busy talking about Deshaun Watson, yeah. and he's the reason why we don't have a number one yes. pick, no, a first round pick. And I want to talk about last year because mm-hmm. I don't think 
anybody was expecting that the Texans would move up to the 12th spot and take Deshaun Watson, and it was mass pandemonium and chaos. It all worked out in the end, but I want to know what each of you was doing when that went down. Yeah, we were... When we got okay last year, it was me and Jay, and then Jesse Clark, who's also in social media here. We'd gotten there probably four hours early because you got to go through a long, long security line to get in. And it was at the, uh, the the art museum in Philly. You know, you run up the steps in Rocky. It's that that iconic place. And then in front of it, there's a huge green space, and there were thousands of people there. And they said the official count was like seventy to eighty thousand. Looked to me like at least a hundred. I mean, it, really, it was just so massive a space, and there were so many people jammed in. There, it was just it was, it was amazing. So we got some work done initially, got set up, and we were all in position. And then it was hurry up and wait. And we thought we were going to wait for another hour, hour and a half. And in the big media workroom where we were, they had all these long tables with workspaces, and were set up. And there was a, a loudspeaker and a, and a PA announcer, and the guy was calmly going through pick by pick saying, the Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock with the fourth overall pick or whatever. you know. And when the Texans came up, he says, out of nowhere, and this is 30 seconds ahead of the TV broadcast, he says, the Texans are now on the clock. They've made a trade with the Cleveland Browns. And it was like a bomb went off in my mind. You know, <laughs> Everyone else is scramble, like, scramble, they're scramble. covering different teams. So there's not really a big deal, but – with me, I was like, holy moly. You're it. You're so I hit it. caps lock, and I just tweeted out, the Texans are now on the clock. They've traded with the Browns. And then from then on, it just went bananas because we started getting our, our camera ready. Because when Deshaun Watson comes out, or whoever comes out from that, that last pick, we put a mic on them, and then we follow them around. From the moment their... after they get picked and walk off the stage after right. their hug with Roger Goodell. Yeah, and they do like a, a – they probably do the, the interview with Deion Sanders, and they do an interview right, with somebody do. else, like with with ESPN. But then they're 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 hours basically, and they're with a handler from the NFL, and it just basically jump started our night an hour early, and that was a good thing. We were very happy, and Eric had a lot of similar experiences. We were but the on the stadium. different side of things here. Yeah. yeah, we were here at NRG Stadium. So Eric, where I was in the bathroom, and I'll forever be like that's my story <laughs> is that I went to the bathroom after Kansas City picked Patrick Mahomes because I thought. We've had a lot of trades, a lot of excitement. This is a good time now to go to the bathroom. And it was a commercial break. It was a commercial break. And so the Texans made the trade actually during the TV broadcast. It was a commercial break. So I come out of the bathroom. It says Texans are on the clock. And I'm thinking, like, was I in there that long? Like, what did I miss? And, Eric, you were not even in the press box. No, I wasn't. Which is where we're normally stationed. And just to give a little background, you know, as DP mentioned, we're having a draft party here at that time as well, which is on the opposite side of the stadium from the press box. And the press box on the eighth floor, if you've never been here before, and then the party's on the first level. So, I mean, it's a good 15, 20 minutes to get up and down and across. And there's only two elevators that take you to the press box. Exactly. Only two. Only no, two. So none you're, others. you're trying to figure all that part out. And then what also is funny, too, is, you know, for people that work in social media, we're preparing for anything. So, like, we have graphics. I mean, you can go back to some of my folders on my computer. I've got graphics you know, from 2014 of the Texans picking Johnny Manziel. Like, you got to be ready because you don't know in that moment who it could be. And you so can we only could, guess, right? That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. I think most people would think, oh, you work for the team. You'll know who they're going to pick. But you nope. just don't because the time is so quick. The team didn't know. Exactly. They didn't know. And so for us, I'm downstairs. We're doing a live stream, a Spanish uh, language live stream with our voice of the Texans and Enrique Vasquez. And he's having trouble figuring out how the Periscope works. So I'm here, and you know, Mark's right next to me on the other, you know, table. They're going through their radio stuff, and I'm trying to fix stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear the crowd go nuts because I'm not seeing the TV or anything. 
and to Drew's point, we thought we had an extra hour, maybe an hour and a half before we picked. At I, no thought I, point, mo- I thought I had more than like 30 seconds. I mean, this bathroom. is a huge jump. This is not just a few spots. You know, we're moving up halfway up in the first round. And so all of a sudden you hear everybody kind of gasp. And I look up. I'm like, Texans are on the clock. And I couldn't see it because it's halfway across the room. So uh, Anav Leibowitz, who works for us, was standing by the TV. And I'm yelling at her. I'm like, Nav, what does it say on the TV? And she's like, huh? Like, it's just like she's kind of like, what's going on? And so we've realized, oh, my God, we're on the clock. So at that point, I'm not near my computer. I'm just going to take me 15, 20 minutes to get back upstairs, which everything is. So I'm in a full suit and tie. We get dressed up like it's a game day. And I start sprinting down the concourse. (laughs) And I'm on my phone, and I'm texting Jesse, who's in Philadelphia with you. And I said, Jesse, I'm not going to be anywhere near my computer. You're going to have to send this out. Twitter first, and then we'll figure it out. Because you guys are tweeting from the Houston Texans team account. Perfect, exactly. During the draft. Usually you're doing that with a computer, and you got your graphics. And so at that point, you know, Jesse – he can do it from his phone. We got that covered. But then the graphic itself. So we've got a new graphic designer that's just joined our team, and she's been here for a month. Her name is Sierra McCauley. And, you know, she she came from soccer. She doesn't know a ton about all the different draft picks. So I'm texting with her, and I was like, Sierra, we're on the clock. Let's go. And then she texts me back. She goes, no, we picked 25th. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 we traded up. And I was like, go ahead and make the graphic. And she's like, Oh, but I don't know who to make who to make the graphic of. And I remember screaming, and there's some expletives that I won't say. But I was like, if we moved up, we are going to get Deshaun Bleep Watson. <laughs> and I still have this text. Don't put and, that on the graphic. And we we totally yeah, good thing she didn't. But then she makes it, and then she sends it to Jesse. And I was actually coming up the elevator. I was about the fourth or fifth floor of the stadium, and they announced it that we had taken Deshaun Watson. And the there's a gentleman who kind of runs the elevator, gets you up and down. He hugged me. He jumped and hugged oh. me. And he's like, we took the shot. It was just me and him in the elevator. We had it's, this moment. That was it's your definitely moment. the most positive reaction a first-round pick has ever gotten here. And s- just so much surprise because yeah. I was telling Eric this story. He he, When Patrick Mahomes got picked, I, th- I for some reason I thought that if we were going to move up and get a quarterback, it was going to be Mahomes. I didn't even think Deshaun He'd Watson. He'd been mocked to – most people had – the, going the majority later. of folks had, had, had him mocked to the Texans. And later, not yeah. not like Kansas City moving right. up. And so Deshaun Watson was supposed to go pretty early, was never mocked to us. I didn't even think that we had a chance in sight for him for him to be uh, drafted by the Texans. So I was telling Eric, I was like, this is like when I was in fourth grade and Cabbage Patch Dolls were really big <laughs> and they were sold out. Were you guys even alive? Probably not. But yeah, I was. Cabbage Patch Dolls, okay, good. I don't feel so old. Cabbage Patch Dolls were like all the rage. You couldn't find them anywhere. They were completely sold out. And so my parents said – what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, there's no way that my parents are going to get their hands on this cabbage patch doll. People are fighting each other, like, in service merchandise trying to get these things. So I said it's I want a blast from the past right there. Service, service merchandise, merchandise yeah. where the, the, the toys, the toys yeah. go down it's on that little now. belt and that yeah. little bell rings. And so I said I want a flower patch, which was, like, the knockoff version. But mm-hmm. still, like, you know, it was like 20 bucks. It's solid, yeah. And so my, my mom was like, like, that's the first I've heard of that. But then on Christmas morning, somehow my dad had gotten a hold of a Cabbage Patch Kid. And I was so excited, like, I didn't know what to do. That's kind of like Deshaun Watson. I just did not think that the Texans had even a chance of you getting him. You just compared him. Rick Smith to uh, Mr. Sidhu getting yeah. a Cabbage Patch doll. Getting my dad. Really yeah. Right. It's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work, like, in all facets of, of the analogy. But you get my point. So, anyway, the Texans take him. And then, now, when you get him mic'd up and he comes off the stage, you're, you're ready to go at this point. You're yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting because the way they had it set up, there was a big tent where the crowd was and Goodell made the announcement was. And that was down the steps from the, uh, the museum. And we were up on the, the level at the top of the museum. So, we went outside and he, he, come, he has to come outside, basically, 
and you do all this stuff, and then he comes into the media tent, and he does a round with the national media, you know, where he's sitting down at a podium, and then he does a stand-up interview with another ring of, of Houston media, and then he goes through and signs autographs for Panini. He does a thing with EA Sports, where he sees his likeness for the first time, and he's he's got the Deshaun Watson Texans jersey on for the first time. He did a really cool thing, and I was I was so envious that we didn't think of it, because it, it's such a brilliant idea, but... The NFL media folks had all the mothers a few days before the draft write us a letter to their son that they would oh, read right that. after they got yeah. drafted, and and they they filmed him reading it aloud, and so of course you know he breaks down and it's just like a beautiful moment for well, his family. Well, also and I was also like, the wow. fact that his mother had uh, gone through cancer sure. treatment, and so I I want to say part of her tongue mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was was taken out, so she can't really speak very clearly. Yeah. So she writes him letters anyway. Yeah. And so, so he read that, and we were there for that. His Part of his, his group of, of folks that he was there at the draft with was uh, Jordan Palmer, who played quarterback at UTEP. He was he was on an NFL roster for a while. He's Carson Palmer's little brother. Now he's a quarterback coach, and we interviewed him as well and talked with him. And he was he was saying the whole time, you know, Houston was the perfect spot for him. And maybe he was just saying that in the aftermath. He but he was, everybody. <laughs> he was saying it with a conviction that I, you know, I kind of believed, and he, he explained why it was a good spot and the offense – uh, offensive mind of Bill O'Brien syncing up with O'Brien with uh, Watson, so it was really cool seeing him around all these folks. Plus, Deshaun had an NFL Films crew following him. His whole journey, not right? every yeah, not all the, these guys did. Just following what he'd been through, you know, from the day after the national title game to to the draft. Did he seem surprised at all to you? I mean, he seems so even. No, keel. he's he's calm. That, that's one he's of the things. So that, calm yeah, all the time. The two things that really stood out to me last year when he came back were. He's magnetic, meaning so many people that you run across in that backstage area. You've got former NFL players that are Hall of Famers. You've got national media types, radio types. You've got other draft picks. You've got draft picks' families. You've got their agents. All these folks came up to him, and he just he had an easy way with all of them. I mean, because it's a, it's, it's a big cross-section of people. Right. So one, he, he was magnetic, and two, he was so calm. But if you think about it, what the hell did he have to be nervous about? I mean, he he'd won a national title game, and almost won a second going against yeah. one of the greatest college teams of all time. He'd stared down all that. What's what's you're that, gonna get picked? Yeah, what's point, a night right? you know where you're going? You're probably going to a better team because you're not getting picked first overall. You're getting picked in the middle of the draft. So he was pretty calm and he was very magnetic. And that those are the two things that really stood out to me the most. And that's pretty immediate, right? Like as soon as he's picked, he comes out and he starts that whole gauntlet. Oh yeah. Yeah. So just think you don't know where you're going to be picked. You're, you know, absorbing this whole experience. It's a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Then you get picked and all of a sudden while you're trying to process that I'm going to live in Houston. I mean, think about what they're where am I going to live? You, you know, don't even what's know the where team? I don't live. even know anything. Yeah, and I think that was far down the you know, that that yeah. question was down it was on the list, but I think it was kind of far down the list like what's he going to do? But then you've got you to know? talk to yeah. every national media person and be, you know, on point with what you want to talk, you know, like that's it's an amazing whirlwind to go through. Yeah. How about the the 2014 draft when we had the number 1 overall pick? How did last year's compare to that experience? Well, you knew what was going to happen in you 2014. Know, you, you knew it was going to be clowny. There was a lot more yeah. buildup leading up to it, right? But, I mean, we knew it was going to be clowny. I mean, he was kind of – he was leaps and bounds the best prospect, the I, best guy to t- – I, I don't know, Drew, because I feel like a lot of people were still mocking Bortles to us, quarterbacks, yeah. maybe not Johnny Manziel, but there was a lot of talk about who else could the Texans take. Yeah, and we had gone to Manziel's pro day – Jay and I had gone to Clowney's Pro Day, and just by 
Clowney's Pro Day, who was there? I mean, you had Bill O'Brien, you had Romeo Cornell, and Rick Smith. Maybe they went to some others all in Union, but I don't remember any of that. And it just seemed like that was pretty clear. Like, they were doing their their true home. I think Cal McNair was there as well. So it was it was pretty clear that he was going to be the guy. And we went. He He got picked. First overall, so that was right out of the gate. We were going, and what was your what was your first impression of Clowney when you mic'd him up and met him? He's playful. He's really really a fun guy to be around because he he's was like that now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was very serious in front of the media, but then when he'd step away from the media, he was joking. He took a selfie with a lady, and she said, "Oh, please go easy on my quarterback Andrew Luck." She was a Colts fan, and he's like. No, that's why they picked me. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get after him. <laughs> why did she want a selfie with him? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because he was the first overall pick. Why would oh, you not? But true. you know, that's stuff true. like that. He was just real, real calm. Real. It's the guy you see now uh, in the locker room and in in between meetings with the media. He's he's a funny guy. He has a good time, and that kind of stood out to me back then. All right, don't forget to subscribe to, to the Deep Slant Podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave a review. I want to talk to you about one particular year where you were there, mm-hmm. and the Texans pick a player, and he wasn't there, which seems to be a trend now. Not all the first-round picks, less and less are going every single year to the draft. Yeah, in 16, Will Fuller, the Texans moved up. So in consecutive years, they traded up in the first round. That's a good point. They had never really done that under Rick Smith, and they did it in his final two drafts. So they move up to get Will Fuller, but he wasn't at the draft. However, his teammate, Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle, got chosen in the top ten by the Ravens. So their head coach, Brian Kelly, was at the draft, Notre Dame. And it was cl- it's so close to Chicago. So he's not there, Fuller. And I start scrambling. I, I get on, on the phone. I text Amy Palsic, who does a tremendous job here in media relations, I said, hey, is there any connection to Brian Kelly? We'd really like to talk to him. Because the folks with the NFL didn't really have anything. And she said, hold on. And as she does, she got us in touch with him. and Or his handler. Her, her counterpart with Notre Dame. Oh, wow. And the guy said, yeah, we're at the JW Marriott. Uh, but we're leaving in, I think, a half hour. So we have all this stuff that we had to just pack up, cram into boxes and, and bags. And not to mention, you're in Chicago. Traffic is a nightmare. Well, just getting back to your car and <laughs> getting a taxi and all that stuff. So we we make it. We're you know I felt like we had the, the Spencer Davis Trio song uh, <laughs> playing in the background. What was it? Uh, give me some. Lo- Anyways, but so if we get to JW Marriott and get him, and he's great. I mean, he said he said some great things. He really did. Car. And he said, listen, this guy's going to transform your offense, and he's going to do things that and, and let your offense be a, you know capable of doing things that it's never been able before. And he was basically a year early on that one because it it didn't really happen under Brock Osweiler. But Deshaun Watson unlocked the Will Fuller key. I mean, seven touchdowns in October last year, and I think he had 13 catches total with Watson, and seven of them were touchdowns. So it was it was really it all that came to fruition from draft night a few nights earlier or a few years earlier. I've noticed that you're on Instagram, mm-hmm. Drew, and you like to do these TBTs. That's pretty much all I do. Yeah, I don't do like. I mean, do you know that Instagram you can do kids. more current? I don't like pictures. to. I like old stuff. You know me. I'm old. I'm. Yeah. Well, you're younger He's than got me. Some pretty so you're good not old, old stuff. Though. Yeah. Your old stuff is really good, and, and it, I bring it up because being draft week, you've got a lot of TBTs from yep. the miking up players from before you the went old to the draft. Days, yeah. So you used to just meet the players the next day when they arrived at the stadium, and JJ. JJ was I, so you're like the first person. DeAndre. Kareem Jackson. JJ Watt. Whitney Merciless and DeAndre Hopkins met him at the airport, mic'd him up, followed him around with a camera in the limousine, asked him questions. We 
take the newspaper with the you know the Texans nab what or whatever and have them talk about it and just got some good stuff from them and it was it was really fun I I, I always enjoyed doing that it's cool to see these guys after the media crush and before they get introduced to the the Houston press and it's always fun to see them interacting with their family and kind of seeing Energy Stadium for the first time in their new working environment for the first time. What do you remember most about meeting J.J. Watt? You know, the thing that still stands out. That was the lockout out, year, mm-hmm, too, right? It was, it was yeah. wild. So just that one day, the day after the draft, all NFL facilities were open and you could come back. So there were a lot of other players, veterans in the building. And then J.J. Watt was able to come in the building and do his press conference and get his uniform and do all that stuff. But what stands out the most is he gets in, he shakes hands with Wade Phillips and Bobby King and Bill Kolar and Reggie Herring, some of the assistants on defense. They exchange pleasantries, and Wade says, well, you know, we got the, the playbook and everything. You want to go downstairs and get something to eat in the cafeteria? And J.J. said, you know, I really don't have too much time. Can I look at the playbook? Because he knew the lockout was on. He wasn't going to be able to come back the next day, and he was flying out that night. And they said, oh, okay, sure. And so they went right into the defensive meeting room and started looking at the playbook. N- nobody else has done that that I've seen. Maybe they have off camera. But it just showed you this guy means business. And he meant business from day one and very, very mature. And had a good, strong rookie season. And in the second half of that rookie season, he started taking off. But then he was a meteor, 12, 13, 14, and 15. What are those limo rides like? Because you used to actually sit in. in They're the pretty car fun. I say, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this off until we get close to downtown. I'll shoot you and ask you a few questions when we're in downtown. And just then, looking at the skyline. Yeah, and all when, that. so you get right. to see the Houston skyline, and then once you get close to the stadium, I'll ask you a few more questions. But just relax. I'm not going to use this, and, and we're here to make them look good and kind of chronicle their movements. I mean, we're technically we're all coworkers. So, I feel like I'd be you know. so annoyed because it's such a long night. Yeah, you've been. Up That's why I say you know the whole it's, week. It's a good forty-five minute ride, so I, I tell them I'm only going to have this on for but about I'm gonna five minutes. But I'm going to sit here minutes. and look at you. Yeah, <laughs> remember so. they don't know what to expect either. I think that's, yeah. You know, that's probably a good this point. This is their first time. They don't know what the NFL is like. They're just kind of here and trying to soak it all in. So it's a good opportunity just to, like Drew said, you know, have them with their guard down, get to know them a little bit, and it's your first introduction, you know, to the stadium. It's a pretty cool moment. So I'm yeah. sure that they're running on so much adrenaline at that oh, point yeah, too. For sure. The tiredness will probably sink in like within a few days. I remember interviewing Clowney for the first time after he got here. Yeah. And he is such a large, large person. I mean, I'm pretty tall, and I was wearing a smaller heel, and I still had to stand on a box just to be yeah. in the shot with him. Like, sure. They had us framed up, me interviewing him. And I'll just never forget when he when his name got called and he was crying. Yeah. Stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just thought that was. It's a common thing. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these guys cry. So. Yeah. I mean, I just thought that was. And, and when you know him now, he's just like the most jovial person ever. But that's just the gamut of emotions yep. that run through your brain. And then on top of that, you know, after they get picked on Thursday night, naturally you go, you go have fun. You have a good time. You, you party a little bit. And then you got to wake up really early and get on an early flight. But I've never – I mean, you, you ride that high, these guys. These guys ride that high. And I've never encountered anybody – any surliness, any oh, okay. grouse. They're so happy. You know, it's just such a good time. It's a, If they're tired, it's a happy type of tired. And, and you know, that, that's what that's what they're dealing with. And well, then they get here, and then it's like press conference. Sure. They're up there on the stage. Meeting the Bill GM, O'Brien, meeting the head coach the again. Meeting yeah. the entire media market. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their family members are up there as well yeah. with them. Yeah, it's a good time. 
All right, so this year's draft, obviously very different without the first and second round pick. And I was looking through, obviously. I feel like a fish out of water. I don't know about you guys. I really it do, it yeah. feels really weird because usually this is the big parties happening. Uh, we're running around trying to get things done. Who are we going to pick? We've got all these mock drafts. And this year it seems pretty chill. I think we'll be, we'll st- we're still here, obviously. I, I've got to do Texans radio and. Mark and Johnny will be doing Texans radio. But Eric and the crew, Eric and the they crew. got something up their sleeves for tonight. Yeah, I mean, because as you mentioned, we don't have the fourth overall pick tonight, but I think most Texans fans would agree that they'd rather have Deshaun Watson. So I think we're going to celebrate that. We've got a great piece that the video team uh, created called the 53. It's a series, and we're going to unveil Deshaun Watson tonight right when the fourth pick comes out. And it's pretty funny because one of my friends was telling me, what if we trade, what if the Browns trade the fourth pick? What are you doing? I was like, well, that's going to be our pick either way. We're going with either it. Either so way, we're number four. We're so number four. We so were supposed to be. We'll right. unveil this. I think it's like eight minutes. It's fantastic. It's a story of him. And, I, you know, we're kind of playing around with what tees we're going to use, but it's going to be something along the lines of, we know we don't have the fourth pick, but here's what we do have. And then let the Deshaun. It's it's as close of access as we've gotten to him since he's been here. And it's just a, a great look at from the time he was drafted all the way through his first year. Just to remind fans, like, I know, I wish we were picking in the first round, you know, the excitement that you mentioned. I'm right there with you. Like, I do feel mm-hmm. like a fish out of water. But, man, we got this guy. Like, don't forget. People know? are still so excited about last year's pick. Like, I have not seen that where you're so excited about the year before that you can remind people that this is why you don't have a pick, and, and they're totally fine. <laughs> it's like nobody's nobody's begrudging that. But, you know, Friday night, still going to have a party because we got quite a few picks coming up after. And Deshaun's going to be a part of that as well. Um, you know, we're going to have a big party here Friday where we've got fans that are going to come in. And, again, it's, it's such a unique situation because you're used to building all the way up to Thursday. It's that first-round pick. But for us, the draft really starts on Friday. I mean, barring something crazy happening, as we all mentioned, yeah. we'll be here just in case. You know, we trade up. You never know what's going to happen in the draft. I mean, we didn't know we were going to trade up last year. But, you know, Friday for us is really day one, and we've got those, you know, a couple picks right in rapid succession right when the third we round do. starts. And yeah. from there, we're off and running, so it should be fun. First time in franchise history the Texans don't have a first-round pick, but round three, like you said, pick four, pick 16, pick 34. Then round four, which is Saturday, uh, pick three. Then round then nothing till round six. We don't have a fifth-round pick, so, I, you know, that, that obviously got exchanged. Round six – Pick three, 37, 40, and then round seven, pick four. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what trades may happen. I'm still curious about round two. Yeah, Definitely. you if know. If the Texans move up, because having that fourth I, I think the Texans are going to trade up or down, because we heard Gain, Brian Gain say last week, you know, if somebody slides, we might take advantage of that and move up into the second round. But he said, honestly, if I had my choice, I'd trade back Get more and picks. acquire picks. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to trade that 68th pick, the first of your thirds, but maybe he trades the middle pick and picks up another third this year and maybe a third next year or a second next year. It doesn't, you don't know what he's going to do. So he's he's into and and definitely willing to move. But it's his, this is his maiden voyage, so to speak, as a GM. You know, he's, he's the guy sitting in the chair making crazy? the calls. Yeah. He practiced for that, and he, and he does have tremendous experience. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want somebody to move up, it's him that's been in situations for 20 years. But you're actually the guy now, and I always joke about the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner, but, like, that's you now. You're actually making the call, so mm-hmm. there's going to be unique experience for him. You think about whenever you've, in your life, done something for the first time, you always have that little bit of anxiety because you're not quite sure how it's going to go. And this year is especially interesting for him because he's going to watch the whole first round, we think, without really making a play. So you've got this board of what you think it's going to line up. Here's where we rank everybody. But it's such a fluid situation. You're going to have to scrap all that, essentially. So it'll be interesting for sure. All right, good stuff. Phone's ringing here. In the I think maybe it's Brian Gain. <laughs> He's like, quit talking about me. I'm yeah. ready to move up. His ears I, were burning. I think it'll be great to get the – Hang up on them, DP. There you go. 
That's what I do at home when solicitors call. I just pick it up and hang it up. Uh, I think it'll be also interesting for us to see his personality as a GM. I'm really excited to see. Is he the, is he a wheeler and dealer? Is he pretty conservative? I think we'll get a better sense of him. You know, maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be different from year to year, but I'm excited to see that. Draft starts, obviously, Thursday night, uh, Texans All-Access, 6 p.m., just like normal, and then 7 o'clock onwards, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, uh, Texans Draft Live. Even though the Texans honey picks, you'll get a lot of insight from the perspective of the Texans from here inside NRG Stadium. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. It's thank great you. to have everybody in the building. It's fun. It. Hey, you talk about maiden voyages. This is my maiden voyage on a Deep Slant podcast. I've had you on before. Not, on the, not on the Deep Slant podcast. I had, Which you, one? I had you and Johnny on together one week. Uh, this is my first ever. This so. is Eric's first time. Are you sure about that? I think that, that was something else. It's my podcast. I, I, will, I remember. I'll go back and I'll send you. Clearly not one <laughs> Eric San Asensio, Drew Doherty, thank you guys so much. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Please leave a review. That's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening, and go Texans.